Welcome to the Sense of Soul podcast. We are your hosts, Shannon and Mandy. Grab your coffee, open your mind, heart, and soul. It's time to awaken. Today with us, we have the golden goddess, Heather Allison, a divine feminine cosmic shaman and energy blueprint coach, the creator of Golden Goddess, and she herself is also the host of the Golden Path podcast, Alchemy for Women Who Know They're Meant for More. She has a beautiful website where she offers a multitude of goddess wisdom that we can't wait to discuss today. We thank you so very much for being with us. I must say your Instagram is absolutely as gorgeous as you are. (laughs) Wow. Thank you. You're welcome. I appreciate that. I had a hard time getting into Instagram until I figured out that I really wanted a puzzle format because I was like, I just need this to be pretty. (laughs) I have never seen anything like it. I was so blown away by it. I kept screenshotting it and sending it to Shanna and her and I were like, we need to figure out how to do this because it is magical. Thank you. Yeah. I actually finally liked it after I did that. I was like, okay, I can be in here. I just need my stuff to be pretty. (laughs) So how does that represent who you are as a person? I mean, you've got these pieces that you have to probably put a lot of thought into when you post because one piece has to fix it. The next piece. Mm -hmm. I mean, how does that represent who you are as a person? I love that question. Nobody's ever asked me that before. Guys, already with the good questions. So I don't know. For me, beauty is so arm in arm with harmony and it fits and it makes so much sense to me. My spiritual awakening, this whole thing that I kind of found myself doing really only happened about five-ish years ago, five, six years ago. And before that, I didn't really understand what my purpose was and kind of what I was doing here. And now that I know what I'm doing, I'm like, oh, everything about this makes so much sense. And so that part of it makes so much sense. Like I've always been able to see patterns and things and kind of see like, oh, this kind of connects over here. And I've always been this like harmony maker. I always feel like I need to be surrounded by beauty just because it feeds my soul. But it feels like all of that is so connected to this archetypal work, like bringing the archetypes into harmony. feels like it kind of slots together, if that makes sense. It totally does. And when I look at your Instagram, that's what I feel like I'm looking at. Like almost this beautiful art piece. Again, listeners, you have got to go check out her Instagram. (laughs) We never asked someone to throw out the name of their Instagram this early, but go for it. It's uh, I am Heather Allison, two L's in Allison. Yeah, so fabulous. I'm a photographer too. Uh, so I've always kind of done that on the side. So I think that there always has to be an element of pretty, like, you know, just like I need, I need the artistry a little bit in everything that I do too. I'm sure you can probably kind of see that in my website too. Like even that has to feel like something that you want to spend time and look at a little bit. I haven't updated it in so long, but yeah, the harmony, I feel like is the piece The bringing these archetypes into harmony and also bringing our like kind of space and our surroundings and our, and our nervous systems into harmony. So it made sense. It feels like it very creative. I love it. And don't you feel like this journey is just kind of like that? It's that puzzle piece of yourself to make yeah. yourself whole again. And I mean, I think on that on so many levels recently, I, you know, I've been going through this ancestry thing and that's put together mm. puzzles, but then even more, I've been putting together like possible past lives and just that soul evolution. And it is, it's like a beautiful masterpiece in the yes. end, you know, one yeah. at a time this cosmic tapestry, I call us weavers. I'm a really big believer in that, that, you know, we so often get stuck in these ideas that like 
but this is what I'm supposed to be doing. This is what it's supposed to look like. This one thing we get really attached to kind of the singularity of like idea and this pressure for ourselves to kind of be something like specific or this one way when we're, we are these like massive galaxies of experiences and energies and yeah, all these threads that make us who we are. And so I, even if we're business owners, entrepreneurs, I'm not a very big believer in the fact that you have to have like this one niche that you have to drive into oblivion that we get to be weavers there too. There's a reason we're multi-passionate. Most of us, you know, some people I think maybe aren't, and they have this like one thing that they just have to bleed for multifaceted beings. And I think that it wants to be in the work that we put out in the world as well. Mm-hmm. Well, and then you'd be limiting yourself, right? Cause I yeah. remember years ago, I did limit myself. I limited myself thinking that the only thing that I was able to speak about or teach was on addiction because that was part of my story. Mm. But once I started doing a lot of inner work, I realized, no, why would you, why would you limit it to just Mm -hmm. that? There's so much more there. And I like that you say weavers versus a puzzle, because when I think of a puzzle, I think of it's got to be finished. There's going to be a product that's done. And Mm -hmm. and in life, the puzzle's never going to be done. And there's, as we all believe, there's more lives. Yeah. So I like that you're interweaving that. I like that better. It's such a rich metaphor. I always use this example. My cosmic team of guides, they guide me to various books, but I can't tell you the last time I actually finished a book because they take me to this book for like this page or this chapter and then over here for this one. And, and again, like, I think that we get so oh, stuck okay. in this idea yes. of, yeah. So I'm literally reading like 500 okay. books right now. It's not that you have to do it that way, but we, again, get so attached to this kind of happening and unfolding in one way. And like this linear idea of how things are supposed to go, but I have this plan, but this is what I'm supposed to be doing when it's like, no weaving is such a rich metaphor. Cause it's like, you take a thread from over here and then you take one from over here and you bring it in another one from over here. Do you know what I mean? It's, you don't just take one thread and go with it forever. You just have a street. That's not what we're doing. That doesn't weave anything. So I love how far we can go with that metaphor as well. Oh, I like that. And then also instead of beating ourselves up for not finishing the book, Mm -hmm. just realizing that it happened exactly how it was supposed to be. You got to the page or the word that Mm -hmm. weaved you to direct you somewhere else. And then you're able to just accept that and move on. Totally. It's so magical. Like, I can't tell you how many times I've had my team guide me to something that was like, I mean, just instant tears and so humble, like humbled Mm. by it because it was exactly what I needed to hear and exactly what I've been going through. And I'm like, how do you know? Like, how did you do this? So it's so magical. Now you can finish a book too, but I think we just have such completionist tendencies that we think that we have to, but I started this, but I have to do it. I have to carry it out. Um, yeah, I always start like in the middle or the end of the book and then we're way so crazy. I'm the way I do things, I swear, but you know, it works for me. Mm-hmm. You're right. I don't have to start at the beginning of a book. See? No, it's just, that's just another worldly condition, Shanna. No. We can, we can start at the end and read it backwards if we want. Right. Yeah, that's what I do. Fuck <laughs> it. That's what my guides are, are making me do. Yep. Oh my gosh. So Heather, have you always been harmony? I mean, I feel that from you. I love that word that you, Mm. that you described. Have you always been like this since you were young? Like what brought you to where you are today? The harmony part? Yes. I mean, Libra rising. I kind of feel like we like a little, but uh, I mean, I remember even in preschool, like I was the one that they'd be like, Heather, they said this to me, like the other little kids would come to me with their problems. And I'd be like, okay, And so I'm like, now I'm like, oh, I maybe was meant to be a coach. That's hilarious. But as far as doing it in this form, like 
no, I had no idea that I was even intuitive until five years ago. And so, you know, no, this level, this kind of cosmic level of harmony, uh, this is fairly new still. I was really just kind of doing what everybody does, you know, doing the whole corporate America thing, corporate work thing, trying to figure out what would make me happy and what would pay the bills and what would like, you know, it was a very linear world experience. I always wished that I was intuitive. I thought it would be very cool if I was intuitive, but I didn't think that that was my gift. Signed up for a coach training program. I had kind of found a thread of this whole like divine feminine idea, sort of like kind of a surfacey, how to get that guy kind of way, like polarity, you know, polarity, masculine and feminine idea. Um, but it just struck a chord in me. There's something that vibrated for me really strongly. And so I started kind of poking around in it. And then ultimately it got so interesting to me that I hauled off and signed up for a coach training program when I didn't actually even know coaching was an industry. And I just was like, I just give me all your information. I just tell me all the things so that I don't keep messing up my relationships because I've been married to other relationships. I was like, I am so tired of getting this wrong. And so I signed up for that. It was due to start like six months later, the day before coach training started, I got laid off from my job and I was like, oh, all right. So I guess this is what we're going to do for a while. And so I did. And I started off as like a love coach, <laughs> like relationships and love, you know, like this polarity idea. Then really quickly, I ended up having a spiritual awakening because this is what happens when you really let yourself dive into the feminine. So it happens with all of my clients as they crack open into more and more of their intuition as well. And all of a sudden it was like, oh, this is so much bigger. This is so much bigger than just love relationships. This is all kind of relationships. This is all like relationships with the invisible realms, with our intuition, with our bodies, with, you know, other people with truth, like everything. So it has grown vastly since then. It's kind of fast and furious, if you will. Don't you find that it is so interesting? You know, we all need to like go back to really figure out like what's really happening, you know, the root of the problem, but that's like same thing as like the world. Like we need to go back mm -hmm. and see what our ancestry was to be able to honor that pain. Right. And to yeah. move forward globally, it's like, mm -hmm. it's always all connected, right. With, Completely. with earth with everything with it's us, all the same energy. Yeah. Exactly. It's yeah. always many areas of healing. Yeah. So interesting. A thousand percent. It's all the same energetics. Um, and that's why I think it's so powerful to dive into this kind of healing, especially when it's really dealing with patterns, because then you're able to see the patterns. Like that's what yes. archetypes are. Right. So then you're able to kind of see the patterns and how they play out in other in generations. Right? I yeah. mean, like, and all over it's so amazing in our businesses, everything, mm -hmm. yeah. everywhere, right. mm -hmm. everything, everywhere. I have a question. So a pattern that you have stated that you had was trying to bring harmony to things that had to have been a lot of pressure as a child to feel like you had to solve everyone's problems. Did that weigh on you heavy? Like that you were always the one that had to come in and be like the peacemaker instead of you being the one that actually could just like lose her shit. <laughs> I love that question. And, you know, it didn't unfold that way for me more than that. I think how it manifested in me was people pleaser make sure that everything is copacetic everywhere around me. Like don't rock the boat, like make sure that I am in harmony with everything. Make sure that I'm liked by everything, you know, that kind of thing. So I've really had to navigate just peeling that part of my psyche, my patterns away for myself. And it showed up the most, I think, I mean, in a lot of ways, but really early on, it was, I was 
deathly afraid to show this kind of like mystic side of me. I have this kind of what I call like a weirdo wound. Like, I don't want to be the weirdo. I don't want to be the one that's like outside of everybody else that they're looking at. Like what's up with her? Why? Who's this chick? Mm -hmm. But that's been my experience of life. I've always felt like I was just slightly on the outside of everything anyway, but it was, I had a massive ego death one day when I realized that I would post in my private Facebook group pretty openly. But then when I would go to post it on my personal page, like the same idea, I would like go uh, kind of unconsciously, but go like, how can I tone this down? How can I, what do I need to change here so that it's not so weird and it's not so out there. And one day I just just was like, fuck it. And I posted and said, listen, I don't talk about this here very often, but this is what's going on over here. And I'm like, I talked to a dead guy on the other side of the veil. I like have to like all of these things. Like (laughs) I have animal guides and I had talked to my soul and I had this experience and I just rattled off this huge list of all the things that I was experiencing up to that point. And posted it and just, I mean, I sobbed for probably four hours on my meditation mat after that. I was like, Oh no, I'm going to be such a weirdo. I'm going to be like ousted from the village, you know? And I think that post probably had more interaction and more likes and loves and like thank yous and everything on it that anything I probably ever posted still. And a lot of people saying like, thank you for sharing this. This is, I wish I had that. Or I have that same experience. Thank you for voicing it. I was like, Oh my God, I'm not alone. So that's more how um, it manifested I love that you me. called it the weirdo wound. Weirdo wound. Um, I've never heard it said that way. Mm-hmm. I think that the weirdo wound, people are starting to realize it's not a wound, that right. it's a gift. And I think I've noticed lately in our world that it's kind of shifting to where people that don't fit in aren't being as judged as much as they used to. At least, at least that's what I'm saying. I like what you said. It's almost like social media, multiple personalities, right? Where... Mm-hmm. We feel like in one area, we're safe to be ourselves, but then in another area, we're coming off to someone completely different. How did it make you feel when you finally released that? You said you cried, but what other feelings? Oh, it felt so releasing too. I mean, just so freeing when we, that's kind of my idea of anything that we hold shame around is when we can kind of bring some light into it. And that both means seeing how it's for us, seeing how this thing that we're feeling ashamed of is actually for us, but also sharing it, like voicing it. And letting it kind of be in service to others. Now, I didn't share at that point to be in service of others. I really was doing it in service of like, I'm so over compartmentalizing myself and like censoring myself. It was just, I was so done, but it ended up being in service of others that they got to see it. Yeah. I love this kind of theme that's happening already today. So here's my pattern noticing like that we're talking about like bringing things into harmony the aspects of ourselves that we get to kind of weave together that don't have to be separate. I can show you this part over here and I can have this part of me over here, but they they can't be together. And like I did this very early on. Well, one of my teachers suggested that I have my photography business on a different website and my coaching stuff on a different website from that. And I was like, that doesn't make any sense to me. It's all one experience over here. And this photography absolutely is an aspect of like finding and owning our inner goddess too. Right. So I'm like, it all goes together. And I think we get to have permission to show it all and be it all in every single aspect of our life. It sounds like you're an empath, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, Cause I think about like everything you've said, sounds like you've been living with all of these feelings, like even the people pleasing and growing up just feeling and sensing that everything around you was out of balance or in pain. And so just naturally feeling that and wanting to bring harmony to everybody. Can you talk about being an empath and how you kind of discovered that this is more of a gift rather than 
a curse, which a lot of people think it is. Yeah. And I think kind of jump off of what you just said, like, even if it wasn't overtly out of balance or in conflict or something around me, there was this inner pressure to make sure it stayed that way, yeah. you know? So that it was like, Oh, like kind of like hold everything down, be the good girl, be the person who is pleasing to everyone so that it stayed that way. Honestly, I think that I was so, and I mean this in like the density kind of way, but like, I think I was so dense earlier on that I didn't have any idea that this is what was going on, that I was picking up on anybody else's energies or feelings or emotions or anything. I would just have it like a strong sense of things. And I'm such a sensitive being too, that it would be like, I, you know, hide or pull away or kind of just shy away. So I've, I've never been super loud or like gregarious or, or like the life of the party. I've kind of been um, a little more quiet. And I think to answer your question, I feel like with my spiritual awakening, just notice how much information I get all the time. And it has been a gift a, because obviously this is part of my channel, right? So I, I mean, I get, I get physical sensations in my body for a lot of downloads and things that I get from my clients. Like, Oh, something's happening here in my body. And it means this to me, how does that speak to you and all that kind of things. But it also asked me to get better at managing my own energy in my own space. And uh-huh. this is kind of like the opposite of the people pleaser, right? Persona which just like also claiming what I need and like giving myself what I need so that I'm taking care of my own energy and not just like oozing it out to everybody else and what they need, if that makes sense. Do you also agree that some of the fear of putting your true self out there, like on your personal Facebook, is that you'd be able to sense as an empath so much yeah. You know, if it was coming in at you negatively, yeah. I mean, whether they actually spoke or not, because, you know, that's kind of what an empath does. Like you can feel, you know, this disapproval from outside of you. Mm-hmm. Completely. I, I mean, yeah. and I believe, I actually believe we're all empaths. Like, I think we all have the capacity to be these inc- incredibly intuitive and sensitive beings that are tuning forks to everything around us. And, and we've just had all like layers and layers of mud of wound that have kind of closed off our ability to do that. So, I mean, I think that everyone is, and that we Mm -hmm. all have the ability to pick up on subtle cues, like the subtle realms and all of that, and to work with those realms. But a thousand percent, I think that I've on purpose, let myself nurture what I need as I'm allowing myself to also be a public figure, if you will, like to be out loud in social media on the interwebs and to let it be the journey that it needs to be so that I can meet myself at every step, you know, and not to hold myself back, but just to be able to have the power, like to be in my own power enough to meet myself and just to give myself what I need every step of the way. You know, recently Shannon and I uh, pulled up some statistics, um, some numbers. And I was a little shocked that 94% of our listeners are women. Mm. Another person that we've had on our podcast who does a lot of things on ego cleansing said that 82% of women are willing to do the life coaching work. Mm. Um, It seems like this whole goddess and feminine energy thing is really coming up and a lot of people are talking about it. But I also sense that some men feel intimidated or feel like it means that we're like women are becoming these feminists. And I don't think that that is what it means at all. Can you explain what you think feminine energy is, what this goddess energy is, and can men also have this feminine energy? Ooh, 
Pandora's box. Are we ready? Yes. I could talk about this for an hour. So just (laughs) tell me when you need me to stop (laughs) Um, more than an hour. So yes, first last question first. Yes. Men have access to this too. This is not an exclusive thing to women. However, everyone has, so feminine and masculine energy is found within all of us. We all have a balance of them. We all have their, literally nothing happens without both of them nothing. And so we all have them. It's just, we all have different ratios, you know, I mean, the three of us all have, I'm sure a different ratio of our kind of sweet spot, but in my experience, most women feel better in more of their feminine energy. Not right now, because we've been conditioned to reject her and to fear her and to think that there's something wrong with the feminine energy. So a lot of us feel actually more quote unquote comfortable in our masculine, because that's how we've been conditioned. That's because this is like this whole world has been conditioned into more and more of our masculine, linear, rational thinking, what makes sense, have a plan, spreadsheets, all the things, right? Like control and doing and all the things. And we've really been trained out of and conditioned out of our ability to access our feminine, to feel good in our feminine, to remember how to be in her. In my experience, there are definitely women who might feel better overarchingly in their masculine, but most of us carry more feminine. Most of us carry more feminine. And so that's the work that I do is help women step back into that in a way that feels really, really good. It's true of men as well, because they've been just conditioned as we have to reject the feminine within them. For me, the feminine is everything to do with intuition, sensation, emotion, everything that's internal, everything of the invisible realms, our bodies, like beauty is actually one of her, like that's actually one of her traits as well. Like seeing the beauty and creating beauty and everybody has access to her. For me, it's not the same as feminism insofar as how that has been carried out in that movement, in my opinion. I'm grateful for it because I think it's done a lot of the work that we needed. But in my opinion, a lot of the stuff that has been happening in like a traditional feminist movement has been kind of trying to take on more male traits as our own. And it hasn't actually looked at what we need as women as deeply. Like it's really kind of just trying to take equality and take equity with men rather than like making it something completely unique that we actually need and taking into account like what we need as mothers, what we need as really sensitive and emotional beings, what we need in our own particular bodies, like all of that kind of thing. So it's different. The work I do is not necessarily feminist. However, I think that it is because it's about coming back into the feminine power, this really ancient feminine power that has been completely like relegated to the the waste bin in our culture, in our world for thousands of years. And so in that way, yes, it is when you say the ancient feminism, I think of a lot of the history, especially a lot of the history that, you know, many people have learned in school and church kind of dampers that feminine Mm -hmm. history and that power that women had. I mean, the Bible, I'm like, besides that. So just like some of the history that hasn't been told, I look at people, okay, I'm looking at you. I know Mandy's, but I look at people and I see their ancestry behind them. And I know that you have strong ancestors behind you, but I mean, not all of us do. And some of us need to connect with the fact that the ones that weren't Viking strong actually made it through oppression, which is still strength, because that's something that I've had to kind of tweak in my mind over the years, because I used to see that martyr as a strength, right? And so that's what I was taught in growing up. And so, but that isn't necessarily, I mean, I really, truly used to see 
like the sacrificing mother who never loved herself, who, you know, gave everything to her children and never took a single thing for themselves was like the ultimate strength, which it is in many ways. But to be able to say, hey, I am a person too, and I, I am deserving as well. I see now as more strength. So it's so interesting how like the different perspectives, you know, from where you come from in your ancestry. Yeah. I love that. I have this really cool, I call it the archetypal grid is like basically a handful of the traits that I associate with. Cause we're not just talking about like feminine and masculine and bringing them into harmony. It's there's also the wounded feminine and wounded masculine. So kind of becoming aware of all of the energies and which ones we're kind of operating with. And most of us are operating in some form of wound. And it's not a matter of like trying to be perfect. Cause like you said earlier, like we're never done. This is not, we're never going to be like, Oh good. I'm, I can stop. <laughs> you know, I'm done growing, but I consider martyring to be a wounded feminine archetypal trait. This is the problem for me. And a lot of times we'll ask like, well, how, like, what do I need to do in order to be in this like sacred feminine and sacred masculine. It's not always about the what there is definitely some what certain actions and certain things that we do that are more or less in the sacred energies versus in the wounded energies. But more than that, it is the energy behind or the energy underneath what we're doing. You can do the same exact thing and it could be martyring or it could be utter love and sacrifice and surrender and choice and doing and giving to another because it's coming from an empowered place. And the martyr thinks, I don't get to give to myself. I don't get to have this for myself. I don't get to put myself first. I don't get to prioritize myself. I don't deserve this, or it's not okay for me to have this, or I am only lovable if I, if I give this up or if I give myself, and if I don't take this for myself, if I don't provide this for myself. Does that make sense? But you can do the exact same thing. Absolutely. Because it comes down to choice, right? Right. Choosing to sacrifice and actually feeling like you have no other choice is a totally different thing. That's always the energy behind it. That's why I think this work like this is so powerful because it's like, we're not just getting into yet another template of this is how I do sacred Mm -hmm. things. It's why are you doing it? What is the story going on? What's going on in your brain as you're making those choices? Yeah. It's always the energy. It's so funny because some people find themselves in these situations like so great but there's nothing behind it whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And usually those things end up collapsing. Right. Are there specific characteristics to someone who is in their masculine energy? Can someone walk into your space and as their coach, you can say you're, you're in too much masculine and you need to shift more into your feminine and vice versa. So I have a really annoying, but funny answer to this. It's my favorite thing, which is like annoying. Yeah. My question, basically, when you're feeling into the idea of, am I in imbalance in my feminine and masculine is, do you struggle? Do you struggle? Because the feminine is very much like she is wholeness. She is like kind of this idea that like, I can be with all of this. I always have ability to open through this, to find my expansion in it. Like everything is okay. It's perfect. I will always be okay because I always have an ability to feel and intuit and sense my way through. Do you know what I mean? And so the degree to which we struggle tells me how much we are in over-masculinized energy. And again, we, we want masculine, so we're not trying to do away with him. Right. But like, the wounded masculine in particular is very much about control and about this like judgment and push and like the constriction, you know? And so the more constricted we feel, the more masculine has gotten into the driver's seat, if that makes sense. And do you 
believe that a lot of these soul characteristics can come from like past lives or can be traveled through epigenetics, DNA or all of it. Oh yeah. I mean, for sure. But my perspective on this is like, I think past lives are rad. I think that they're really cool to like, to learn about and everything, but you don't have to, in order to do the healing, you're literally here Yeah. because you're here to heal shit from all timelines forwards and backwards. Like you're here because you are this incredible point of energy that's being put here to heal. Like that's my perspective is that literally every single soul that's on this planet is here to heal. And that could be for their particular family lineage. It could be for collective lineage. It could be for the future. It could be like, it doesn't, you know, in their own of course too, but like, again, we're weavers. It's, it's all combined. And every time I think that like our brains want to go, well, but how does we want the box? We want the pretty little box to be able to put everything in, but is it mine or is it theirs? It's like, it's, it's, yes, it's just, yes, it's all of it. And, and when that's really confusing to our brains, it's like, well, remember where we came from. We came from this incredibly massive and complex multidimensional universe. Like all of it's possible, all of it's true, all of it's real, you know? Yeah. So tell me what is an energy blueprint? Mm. What does that look like? So I use that term to describe our original energetic blueprint is what I consider to be the energetics that we are built to live within and built to bring here and built to kind of function in. And and for me, that is what I call the archetypal trinity. It's the divine feminine, divine masculine, and then what I call the creator archetype or the zero point archetype. In my experience, a lot of the work out there focuses on like one or the other, or just the polarity of the feminine and masculine. And for me, tapping back into creator archetype, like making this like triangle. If you can't see me, I'm making a triangle, upward point of triangle with my fingers. Um, tapping back into that highest archetype of the creator archetype or the zero point really brings us back into here we come again, full circle back into that harmony of both of them because the creator archetype is both the kind of the parent of the divine feminine and masculine and the unification of them. And so that's a very high level description of this, but basically we're meant to function in all three of those as this Trinity all the time and not just in unquote harmony between the two. It's kind of this, it creates this like checks and balances where the singularity, if you will, the oneness of the creator archetype holds balance with the unity of the feminine and masculine and vice versa. It's creation energy, right? It's like the creation energy of the three of the Trinity. Does that make sense? I know it's really high level, but in essence, that is the, that's the blueprint I've received that we're right. The other part of this energetic blueprint is I've received, this is funny. I don't often talk about this in like interviews and stuff. I typically just talk about it in golden goddess, but I've received a series of grid work, if you will, Mm -hmm. that shows kind of like a map or like an equation almost how like right relationship. So like, uh, if you imagine the idea of a a four dimensional grid where, you know, the horizontal axis, the vertical axis, the diagonal axis, and then the fourth dimension, which would be like repetition over time. But in essence, this blueprint I've been shown is this really, really over like super complex, but really cool map system of right relationship between us, like as humans and the cosmos or us like as self and other, or us Mm -hmm. in our relationships or us and our intuition, or do you know what I mean? All these various right relationships. So that's the other part. This is getting into like the mystery school stuff that I teach. So, so you like to teach as well then? Yeah. Yeah. So that's primarily my work is I run a mystery school for women once a year and that takes them into all of this. And it's like, you don't ever have to understand it the way I dive into it, but I teach you 
the tools and the practices and like the carrying out and the embodying of all of this energetic blueprint that I have received. That's super cool. Okay. So do you ever have like, well, I know Shanna does because we've been best friends since we were 15, but I think I do it more than her where you think you read something, you think you maybe heard something, you might just be making this shit up. You might've dreamt it. You're not quite sure where it came from. (laughs) Story of my life. There was a word, she, Rantra, that came up for me months ago while I was doing some research. It's an emblem. Um, yeah. Okay. What does uh-huh. it mean? And am I correct in, is that what we're trying to get to with our energies? Feminine? <gasps> so psychic. I, okay. So here's the thing. I don't, I'm not a, like a master or like in, in any of this, like, I don't have the kind of brain that's like, right. I, you know, I don't have an, um, what do you call it? Like a professor's mind. You know what I mean? Like the kind of yeah. mind that's like yeah, encyclopedic. I'm just more, I'm more of a channel yeah. and a mystic that I, so I can't, I have friends who have this, I call it a sage brain where you can ask them like, what does this crystal mean? And they'll be like, oh, it's, and I'm like, ah, oh, I'm so jealous. I want to have that. But I, the reason I say you're so psychic is like, okay, early, early, early on in my spiritual awakening. So I had this man show up in a dream in like, I don't know, late 2015, early 2016 in an ancient Egyptian temple. And he offered to be my teacher. And in the dream, I said, yes. And he showed me all the stuff and taught, you know, showed me the sacred books and blah, blah. And it was really cool. And I was just woke up and I was like, neat dream. And then about, I don't know, a couple months later, I started getting the same messages and seeing things every, it just started popping up everywhere. And I was like, what is happening right now? Ultimately, it took me a while to kind of get to a place where I was, because I'm, I'm a very skeptical mystic, but to the place where I was like, is that actually a thing? Are you talking to me right now? What is going on? Yeah. And so I started really cautiously because I'm also, I was also very much a scaredy cat. Like what is, what is that? Is that a ghost? Like what's going on right now? And so I sat down and I was like, listen, if you're trying to talk to me right now, then here's how this is going to go. And I sat down on my meditation mat and I put on some music and I was like, if I'm listening to this music and you're wanting to talk to me, you can show me things and you can tell me things, but you can't cut. This is my space. Like you can't come in here. This is mine. Like I was so scared. And so he started talking to me and it was just the most mind blowing. Like I can't even, but one of the earliest things he showed me was, and I call him my cosmic teacher. One of the earliest things he showed me was this symbol. And I was like, Ooh, neat. I'm like, what is that? And I'm like, I don't, I tried to draw it. And I was like, that's not right. Okay. Can you do that again? And and I tried to draw it again. I was like, I'm not getting this. I don't think this is right. I don't think I can draw this. Can you show it to me? Will you help me Google something to help me find this symbol? And just then in the music that I was listening to, I heard a lyric and I don't ever share what I listened to because it's, I still listen to it, (laughs) but I just feel like a little secret between the two of us. But, um, Come on, what is it like the Bee Gees or something? I know about it. It's it's pretty (laughs) mainstream. It's like there's nothing, it's not some like woo-woo music or anything, but like like Taylor Swift. (laughs) Yeah. But like I heard a lyric and I just suddenly knew that I was to Google that lyric, like one line. And I go, I was like, well, that's not gonna do anything. That's not gonna work. So I Googled this and then I clicked on just literally like probably five words. And then I clicked on image results. And the second result was the Sri Yantra. And I was like, you gotta be kidding me right now. I like literally almost fell out of my chair. And because I had nothing to do with that at all. The reason you brought that up, I'm like, I just feel like it was so psychically attuned was that this absolutely informs a lot of the work that I do 
I can't tell you how. I don't know. I just know that it feels like it feels like the harmonics of the universe itself, like coming back to harmony. It actually feels it like the harmonics of the universe yeah. itself to me. So that's what I was told was that <laughs> oh. ultimately when you harmonize the men, the feminine and masculine energy, you get, you finally get to, you get the Shirantra and I'm probably saying it wrong because I don't know anything about it. And that is when you, you are evolved to the point of being aligned with the divine. Like oh that's my, God, my whole body is buzzing. You are so our people. Well, <laughs> and also when you were describing your dream, so I have had dreams over the past few years where I meet with this elder Roman looking dude who has like a long red robe. He's an older man. And he's always telling me these little things. And we're in, I'm in like a circle with him. And I don't know how I know it's a circle, but it is. The first time I met with him, he said, you need to find your Druid stone. I'm like, what the fuck is a Druid stone? Oh, and I'm all about stones, you know? And I, I woke up and actually said, what's a Druid? Is I'm like Star Wars? You know, like I didn't even think like I was thinking droid I mean I literally was like oblivious and then the second time he told me that I needed to take a sabbatical and I'm like what the frick is a sabbatical I mean telling me these words and these things that I didn't even know and then he would show up randomly like in a drum journey I'm like what are you doing in a drum journey like I, I don't meet with you in the drum journey and so yesterday I had an Akashic reading and she explained so much about him and she actually said it was probably about 600 BC so wow. when you were saying that you had you know these dreams and you were meeting with like what do you seem like you know a mentor a teacher that's kind of how this guy feels too so yeah. it's so weird we're have you connected to him on purpose in your meditation I have tried to yes yeah I have tried to and so in meditation I have other stuff that I've seen with him like numerous things over the years but like the first things were the ones that were like the clearest for mm -hmm, me mm -hmm. and I don't see red a lot in my dreams mm -hmm. I, I realized that because it sticks out so much with him so cool. like this blood red robe yeah. You know, I think right now I'm going to take advantage of this opportunity and turn this conversation into something really tangible for our listeners, because I think what just <laughs> happened was really beautiful. And what happened was we all interweaved our stories together that where there we go with that weaving. And if there's one thing that we can offer to our listeners, it is to trust where you're guided. So, mm -hmm. I mean, whether it's in the front of the book or the back of the book, that word, um, a dream, that symbol that you were shown, and it's not woohoo, and it's not weird. Mm -hmm. And if you bring your awareness and trust it, it's going to lead you to something incredibly beautiful. I mean, I had no idea what that word meant, but today now it's making sense to me. Mm -hmm. So for our listeners, if you get something that sticks out to you, whether you're looking through your ancestral lineage and it's a name or it's a word or it's a symbol you're seeing behind your yeah, eyelids or something we say that happens all the time. When I listen to podcasts, it. I'm like, Whoa. right. Heather, mm -hmm. wouldn't you say, what, what would your advice be to them? Yes. I love that you brought it back down here. Cause I can spend so much time in the cosmos that I can be like, <laughs> um, but there's so much more that would be, probably be my biggest takeaway or invitation to everybody listening is that there's so much for you. If you let yourself start to engage with the invisible realms mm -hmm. and like, it really is so multifaceted. Those are the invisible realms within you, but also around you, like in the, in the realms that we can't see in the realms that we kind of have stopped believing in for the most part as this kind of collective 
uh, where we are as a world right now that we're so focused on the practical and the things that are right here in front of us. And all of our expansion comes from the invisible realms, the things that we can't see yet. It's there. You're just not aware. And then you start Mm -hmm. to see the synchronicities that have always been there trying Mm -hmm. to tug you, trying to, you know, show you that you're supported and guided. I always feel so supported when I do have these synchronicities. I feel validated. I feel like I'm on the right path. And I would be very scared if I stopped seeing them. Yeah. Really, truly. Yeah. yeah. Because one of the reasons why I think we don't see them, we're just so busy. Mm-hmm. We're just too busy to stop and actually be present enough to be able to connect. And give ourselves spaciousness and stillness in order for us to hear and see and feel the things that we're typically running away from outrunning most of the time. Yeah. The other thing is like, I would invite the perspective shift of the fact that you get to choose if you, I mean, both the mundane reality, the physical linear reality and the mystical, magical, miraculous reality are real. And we get to choose in every moment, which one we kind of want to align with the most. Like, yes, we're never, you know, like we're still here as physical beings. So we kind of have to live this linear reality as well, but there's always a mystical experience here too. There's always possibility for miracle. And the more we're willing to let go of the linear, like what makes sense, what we can prove the plan that we agreed to, like, but I knew the plan and I'm sticking to it. Like that kind of thing, the more we're going to get to experience the miracle. The miracle of the magic. Well, and I think you also brought up a very important piece and that is you put up boundaries with the magical spiritual world. You said that you sat and you were like, Mm -hmm. okay, you're allowed to visit me at this time in this space. Is that important? And is it something you feel people need to do? Yes. I have very particular perspectives around boundaries. (laughs) I'm not really a fan of them. I believe that we really by rights, like in our original energetic blueprint, like earthright is to be wide fucking open to be safe being wide open that we are powerful enough to receive at a massive massive scale and that we don't have to like i consider protection to be a wounded masculine energy because it's a wall it's a wall that keeps us in a cage if you will it's a wall that keeps us in a particular singularity that keeps us in a particular place where as our power of choice, our power of free will, our power to claim what we want and claim what we desire and speak our needs and take action for ourselves is a movable thing. We get to be wide open in receptive, massively receptive, and just like be in the fullness of our power. Our sacred masculine is not a wall. It's not armor. It's an inner job. It's this ability to identify how we feel, what feels good, what doesn't feel good, what we need, say something, do something, choose something for ourselves without putting up a bunch of walls. Does that make sense? So yeah. In the very beginning, when I, when my cosmic teacher started talking to me, I was freaked out. And so boundaries and protection in the beginning, fine, but over time you will get more powerful. You will stand in your own power more in your own sovereignty, which is kind of the name of the game, in my opinion. So the fact that you don't have to have so many walls up, you don't have to have so many like lines in the sand and rules for yourself or others. You just get to be and receive and be in your full power of choosing of choice of free will, if that makes sense. Shanna, what you got to say about that? (sighs) You know, I have experienced that there's been times where, cause I'm such an empath. I mean, I'm so sensitive and this is something that has been an unhealthy thing for me most of my life. Cause I was unaware of what exactly was happening. And then, so once I figured out that I was, 
and that I needed to protect myself, girl, I got good at it. Okay. I mean, I, you could not come in. I, we, I called it my unfuckable bubble. Mm -hmm. You could not mess with me, but I got to the point where I was so protected. It was almost hard for me to connect. I started to notice that. So I had to like, let it down a little bit. I would have to consciously do it just like I, you know, spent all those years of building it. And then it was like, it was too strong. So mm -hmm. I had to, and I know Mandy, she has a beautiful way of saying it, but she was taught by a therapist, like putting up a fence and just kind of letting, so you can still let things in rather yeah. than that wall. Yeah. I, for me, it's being a stand and having standards. Like those are very different from having boundaries in my opinion, you know, like you can be a really strong sacred masculine stand for what you need and make choices for yourself that are in your best interest and that are going to support you and provide what you need. And then you can have standards for how you want to be treated and how you want to feel and everything like that, but it's movable. And I found for myself that sometimes that unfuckable bubble was not creating space of, for compassion for people. Mm -hmm. And even though sometimes it might be theirs and it's not mine, that doesn't mean I get to just put up a wall and walk away. I can yeah. still be compassionate and loving towards them, but I being able to separate that I can't cure it. I didn't cause it. Can't mm -hmm. fix it. And still in a pure mastermind just like a bunch of us coaches that are doing the thing that we do. And instead of hiring being, you know, paying somebody to hold space for us in a different mastermind, we're kind of holding space for each other. The first full year that I was in this space, I was so triggered because just how I work and how I've been guided to do my business is like, I don't focus on numbers and the measurements of everything. And I don't talk about it constantly. Like I'm not trying to reach the next, however many K months that I'm, do you know what I mean? Like I am in service of expanding my business and expanding my reach and expanding my impact and income and all of it. And it happens and it keeps happening, but I don't like throw my lasso around a specific number and start like kind of contracting myself, constricting myself, trying to reach it and push to it and all that stuff. And not that there's anything wrong with that, but it's not how I do. It's not how the feminine wants to work through me. And I was really triggered because there would be a lot of conversations around like, what's your goal for the month? What's your goal? How are you going to get that? And I'd, yeah. I'd start getting kind of pulled out of my center and going, oh, but maybe I should do this. Maybe this yeah. is what I should be doing and comparing and like feeling bad about myself. And like, maybe I should be doing this too. And I thought about leaving them this peer mastermind. Cause I was like, I am constantly triggered and constantly pulled out of my own lane. And you know, yeah. this isn't really kind of perspective or this way of doing business isn't really for me, but I realized yeah. really fast that I was like, if I leave, I'm just letting the trigger win. I'm letting the situation own me Control you. if you will. Yeah. Right. And I knew that I wouldn't actually learn how to be with this. And I know that if I'm going to continue to expand in my visibility and in my business in the first place, like I have to get good at being with this, not just mm, keep protecting myself from it, from yeah. everything that tries to pull me out of center. And so I stayed and it's actually been so healing to be just able and willing to show up as who I am and, and like what my business asks for and what the feminine asked me for and not have it mean anything about me, not have it be anything I need to be in comparison around. It's just yeah. me and it's okay. You're standing and no standards. Yeah. Just like you exactly. said, I loved that. Wow. Yeah. Good for you. I'm going to circle back really fast because mm. it's a hot topic. You said that you believe all people are empaths. Do you believe that for narcissists? Because a lot of stuff coming out is saying that narcissists are stuck how they are and there's no way to create change mm. and that they lack empathy 100%. Yes, I do. I actually think that it's a highly wounded, like, so one of the downloads I got about narcissists, narcissism, 
is it is born of yes being highly empathic and it's like a distortion like an actual reverse of the polarity within of the feminine and masculine within it's like a backward circuit if that makes sense yeah it totally makes sense deeply wounded backward circuit mm-hmm. your cards that you make are beautiful yeah, thanks talk about that for a minute where did that come from was that a download what is a download and what inspired you to make such beautiful cards all the things. Um, yes. Uh, my whole business is based on downloads. I'm literally not allowed to do anything differently than that. I really just want to create something that I didn't see out there. A lot of feminine, beautiful feminine decks out there. In fact, Ariel Spilsbury has one of my favorites. It's the um, 13 moon Oracle. <gasps> so good. But I wanted one that taught specifically like the archetypes as I know them. And as I receive them, this is my perspective on the archetypes is like I said, the creator archetype is kind of the beginning, the allness and nothingness, both and chaos and void, all the things it's the progenitor. It's the parent of every other archetype. And then divine feminine, divine masculine are the first step down. So like this, her as separate in separation through contrast and opposites, everything else underneath that, like all of the pantheons of gods and goddesses, all of the various types of like mother maiden crone, like all the other various archetypes are continued steps down. And it's not that there's anything wrong with that. It's just the work that I do is super, super popped up if that makes sense. And I love it because it's like everything else just kind of fits together like a zipper underneath it when you start to operate and function in the big three. But I wanted to create something that really spoke to that, not masculine, because there's not much masculine in this deck, but like that level of the feminine and that level of archetypal like origin, if that makes sense. I worked with a friend of mine who's a designer because I started designing them myself. And then I was like, I don't want to do this. You know what else is super cool is huh. your love notebook. A, and the golden love- milk. Yeah. Oh, golden milk is, yeah. I need to push, publish another one of those. They have, I have another one in the works, but it's, I thought I was going to do like three a year and it's like, no one every, maybe other year. <laughs> you are yeah. so creative. I've been in a very quiet phase lately, actually. I just put out my, another podcast episode after having not done one in a year. So I've been in a very kind of quiet phase, but I think everybody has been moving through a weird phase in the past year. So, so there is a journal that I did with one of my longtime clients. She's a beautiful writer and poet. And so I interspersed some of her writings as well as, you know, some of my like encouragement in the pages, but golden milk is yeah, another entity altogether. It's part magazine, part book, part workbook, just an invitation into deepening into this work as well. So yeah, another one of those is coming at some point. Um, I love that name golden milk. Yeah. You really do bring a lot of sweetness into the world. Thank you. I just got chills. Thank you. Heather, tell our listeners about your website, the name of it. Tell them about your beautiful Instagram again. Thank you. You can find me on Instagram at I am Heather Allison. You can find my website at heather-allison.com and it's A-L-L-I-S-O-N. My signature offering, the main thing that I do is run a mystery school for women once a year, an intimate space. Um, so it's not this massive, massive group, typically up to about 20 or 30 women. And then I offer smaller courses as well. Occasionally throughout the year, I have many courses. If you want to kind of dip a toe in, but you can find all my offerings. There's many of them. If you have a hard time finding what the right fit is for you, just reach out and we'll find the right fit. And now it's time for break that shit down. The thing that wants to come through is the women who come to this work, and I truly believe it's everyone, but the women who come to this work are the ones who can feel that there's something in their bones so much deeper than their waking mind, than their conscious mind, 
that wants to be remembered, that wants to come through, that the medicine that they want to bring to this world, the presence that they're here to bring, something so much bigger and so much more ancient that wants to come through them. And it's really, really just a matter of remembering it. And that's all that I do is hold the door open. I'm not here to teach you something that you don't know. I'm here to hold the door open for you to remember. I freaking love that. Thank you so much. I I really enjoyed our conversation. Mm -hmm. Me too. I will be back anytime you have me. Oh, you're so beautiful. Just like your Instagram, Mm -hmm. you're physically, mentally, spiritually, magically, mystically beautiful. Thank you. Thanks for being with us today. We hope you will come back next week. If you like what you hear, don't forget to rate, like, and subscribe. Thank you. We rise to lift you up. Thanks for listening.